Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Today we are talking about Nevada Cemetery District with Matt Malugin, Nevada Cemetery District Manager. Matt is a fifth generation Nevada County resident. He has a wife and four children. He has been with Nevada Cemetery District for 11 years and manager for seven years. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on here. And this is a new area of information for me. What led you to become a manager of the Nevada Cemetery District? Well, it, it, uh, like you said, 11 years ago, um, I ran into the uh, former manager of the district who'd been here at that point, you know, close to 30 years. Uh, he was my old basketball coach and, and referee when I was a little kid and, and just got to talking with him and uh, reminiscing and, and telling me about what he did. I wasn't really sure when I was little uh, and it sounded pretty interesting and that he was about retiring. And I knew most of the cemeteries, the far out cemeteries that they, that they took care of at the time. And that just really interested me, uh, the history and the, and the preservation that they did. So um, I thought I might uh, wanna join with him and, and see him through to retirement and maybe take his job. <laughs> well, what does the manager of a cemetery district do? What are some of your responsibilities? Uh, you know, our first responsibility is to the cemeteries itself, um, maintaining the historical nature of the cemeteries. A lot of them are very old, and we want to keep those uh, preserved. Uh, people can visit family or just enjoy the history of them. Um, responsibilities to our staff and uh, primarily the public. We are a public agency, so we're here to serve them. Uh, we oversee, uh, you know, a budget and that that is uh, consisted of a, a quite a bit of taxpayer funds. So that's our primary focus is, is managing that well. And, and that leads me to my next question of who oversees the Nevada Cemetery District. You said it's public. It is a public agency. It's a California special district. Uh, we have a five member board and those uh, board members are appointed by the uh, Board of Supervisors on a four-year term. When the district started, actually, the charter was for them to be elected. But at some point in time, uh, there wasn't, I don't think, enough people running to warrant uh, the cost of an election. So it became an appointed position. How many cemeteries are in the district? Uh, we take care of uh, 27 different cemeteries, most of them historic nature. Is this all throughout all of Nevada County or just Western Nevada County? Uh, Western Nevada County, uh, if you're looking at a map and, and pick out the uh, summit on I-80 and draw a line north to south from there, we're the Western half of that, about 650 square miles that we take care of. And that's, you know, that's not all of our, the cemeteries out there. That's just the ones we maintain. And so are all of these active cemeteries where people could choose to have plots now? Uh, approximately 17 of the 27 we consider active and still do burials in. And so what happens when something's not active? What? Uh, there's a couple reasons that it may be inactive. Uh, it may be considered full. Um, either you know, we can tell by visually looking at the space that's there and the amount of headstones 
or we consider it to be likely full to where uh, we wouldn't want to try to do a burial in case we ran into an, uh, an old grave. We wouldn't want to disturb that. Uh, sometimes it's access. Uh, some of our cemeteries are way out. Uh, they're not open year round due to weather. Um, sometimes the forest service road that we don't control is, is damaged to where it's not safe and the forest service will actually close the road to it. Uh, so those are ones we tend not to do any burials in. So does, does it mean that there are some cemeteries that people can't visit if they had um, relatives? There's, there's nothing out there that we have that can't be visited. There's a few that we recommend that you contact us if you do have relatives or an interest in seeing it. We can kind of help you through it. Uh, some of them you might have to park and walk a couple miles. Uh, longer if you don't want to scratch your car. <laughs> well, so how how old are some of these cemeteries? Uh, they they date back to uh, the early 1850s and beyond that. You know, the first say uh, 40 years beyond the the initial gold rush, most of them were uh, started, and some of those are are the only examples left that there was ever a town. You can be out in the middle of the woods and uh, come across one of these cemeteries, but that's the only thing you would see even indicate there was ever a, a town there. There's no other. Do, do any of these cemeteries have any famous people from the past 100 years ago or more? Well, yes, they do. Um, you know, most of the history of uh, Western Nevada County are buried in these historic cemeteries, not necessarily the ones we take care of, but uh, you know, the approximately 40 historic cemeteries in Western Nevada County. They contain, you know, if you drive around Nevada City or even Grass Valley, uh, a lot of the street names that you see there, those, those were named after you know, prominent figures of, of some type and they are buried in the cemeteries. Well, that's so interesting. Is, is there a way to find out the locations if, if people were interested in, in looking at the, the headstones and, and going to yeah. visit? Yeah, we get, we get those calls several times a day, either from interested family or just interested people in general. Um, there isn't an online database. It's more of a, our knowledge. Uh, we have a catalog of who's buried in our cemeteries and we can you know, look at a map and kind of point the person in the right direction uh, if, if that's possible. And, and even in some of the cemeteries we don't take care of, we know typically where, those people that uh, are being sought after are. You are listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guest today is Matt Malusian, Nevada City just Nevada Cemetery District Manager. So, how do people go ahead and contact uh, your offices, Matt? Uh, do they contact you directly? Do people go through a mortuary to to contact you for services? Um, it's, it's both. They will, um, you know, we don't do any mortuary services, so they're going to have to, uh, at some point deal with mortuary and, uh, the mortuary can then put them in touch with us or the family you know, may already know that they want to use one of our cemeteries because they have other family members buried there and contact us first. And what kind of services do you provide? Uh, what are some of the options that are available to families? Uh, there's everything from your traditional full body burials. Uh, 
um, several different types of cremation options. Um, we do in-ground cremation burials, above-ground cremation niches, cremation remains scattering. We have some nice uh, gardens, garden areas for the scattering. We even have a few underground ossuaries, which are uh, just large vaults where ashes are commingled. And uh, we also do uh, green burials. So I have a lot of questions about these different services. The, the one, the garden area. So when you spread your ashes, would you be spreading your ashes where other ashes have been spread as well? Um, yes, they're, they're fairly large to, to be able to contain several, you know, sets of remains. Um, eventually I would imagine that, you know, some ashes would cross, but, um, we haven't really got into that yet. And so then the one that you just mentioned, the one below ground where ashes are commingled. So, so what would be some of the reasons that someone would choose that? Um, economics is one, it's our, it's our most economically viable option. Uh, it's fairly inexpensive. It gives the family somewhere to visit. Uh, we provide a small marker uh, that goes kind of on a wall with other names. So you know, if, if they wanted a place to visit, didn't want to spend a whole lot of money or couldn't spend a whole lot of money on that, that would be an option for them. Well, you also mentioned something called green burials. And we have had somebody mention that once on the show before, but um, can you tell us what green burials are and, and how that got started? Uh, sure. Um, it got started right right after I uh, became the manager, I think I had a phone call. Somebody asked if we did it. I wasn't sure what it was myself. I think I was, I was on Google when, uh, when they were asking me questions and, and I kind of glanced at the screen and said, we don't provide that. Um, and that, that was kind of it. That was the end of the phone call. I was, I was like a new manager, a lot on my plate and kind of forgot about it until I got the next phone call and the next one after that, but maybe, maybe six months later. And uh, I started working with the folks that were calling because they had organized uh, previously and they wanted it. And at that time, we had a new board member come on and she was interested in that as well. So that's kind of how it started for us. Um, and as far as what a green burial is, is um, we don't use vaults in the ground for a green burial. We're in a traditional full body burial we do. So there's no plastic or concrete vault. The body is not embalmed and we don't allow caskets that are made uh, with varnishes or out of metal or even having metal fasteners. Uh, it's basically, a, it's, a, it's a clean, cleaner way to return to the earth. Uh, we use kind of a, um, an organic compost process uh, in the ground with the body to kind of hasten that that process of decomposition, and it it really was a community driven uh, project. Uh, I can't take all the credit by any means. Uh, the folks that we work with in the community were very clear about what they wanted, and we had a few things that we needed to do. So we had to kind of I don't want to say bang heads, but get through that process. And it really took two years to get through that process. Uh, the slow, slower part of the process was, you know, is it legal? What are some guidelines that are out there? 
are we doing any more harm than we are now uh, and safety for the public. So getting through lawyers and insurance companies that hadn't dealt with it before. Uh, we were the first uh, public cemetery district in the state of California to do it. Uh, and we looked outside private sources that were doing it for some advice and guidelines, but uh, we are, since we are a public cemetery district, we only serve the residents of Western Nevada County. And so we really wanted to work with those people to get what they wanted. Um, once it was done, we get calls from all over the United States of people wanting to do it. But if they're not from here or you know have a close family member buried in the district, we can't take them anyway. So we wanted to make sure it was what the folks that wanted to see this project through is what they wanted in the end. And to their credit, you know, they uh, once it was up and running, they showed up and did pre-arrangements for themselves to, you know, show us, you know, I, I feel it's like a reward for our hard work that 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 is in fact what they wanted. So it's been really a great a great thing for the district. So it's so interesting because I'd imagine that some of those historical cemeteries really had the green burials before. Essentially, yeah. uh, you know, we didn't invent it by, uh, it was, you know, a lot of times bodies weren't embalmed and they certainly weren't in metal caskets 170 years ago. So it is, uh, it is kind of going back a little bit to the old days. So what do you think changed the um, focus from um, the uh, more natural ways uh, to the ways that then became the normal way. And now it looks like there might be a trend that uh, is going towards, towards a green burial. You know, I, I could say for sure, uh, you know, embalming in the 1860s and the Civil War, once that's kind of spread out over the country for body preservation, you know, a lot of people in those, those days were not from here and were shipped not only all over the country, but all over the world back to their families. So embalming kind of became necessary for that process. And then, you know, caskets became more, more ornate and we started using concrete or plastic vaults in the ground, which do serve a purpose, but not very green. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of those things over 70 or 80, 90 years uh, just kind of became the norm. So. Uh, obviously, you know, in our community, we were very diverse in our, our thoughts on what to do after death, and we wanted to be able to serve those people that uh, had a need for it. Well, I think that's fascinating. And one of the things that I love about our community is whether it's the cemetery district or the 19th Amendment for women voting, Nevada County often leads the country. So it's uh, real kudos to you and your team for setting, being the first public district in California to, to do this. This is, that's pretty amazing. I think- To think that it happens here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's fantastic. So is it all done in the same cemetery where you have the green burial and a traditional burial uh, or do you have to separate where you do this? Uh, ideally, it would be best to, um, you know, be able to have a separate property for that and kind of make, make it as natural as possible. Uh, we, we did not have that. We did have an unused section in a cemetery that dates back to the 1860s. 
it's the Cherokee Cemetery up in Ananda. That was our first one that we, we started it off with. And in that unused section, um, it's set aside just for green burials. It's not uh, intermingled with traditional burials or the back half of the cemetery, which we consider the historic part. Uh, so since then, we've, we've actually sold uh, all but one of those at the Cherokee Cemetery and have expanded it now to two more cemeteries, the Rough and Ready and the Red Dog Cemetery. And there's gonna be probably another expansion this spring to a few more. Uh, we've got a little bit of space that we can do that at. So it's been really popular, so we like it. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you about um, how people's desires have changed over the years. And do you see that, that this green burial seems like this is something people are very interested in, but have there been other changes or more uh, cremation? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, around, uh, I don't know, maybe it was the year 2000. I could be wrong on that. But when the Catholic Church sanctioned cremation for an option, uh, that was a big shift. Uh, 2008, you know, 2009, the economic downturn, people didn't have as much money to do full body burials. That was a big shift again towards cremation. Uh, but we see all kinds, different, you know, different societies and different traditions and families. Typically in the industry, it's, it's maybe roughly 70% uh, full, or excuse me, cremation to full body burials. But you go into some communities uh, in the Central Valley and they're, they're flipped, they're 70% full body and, and cremation. So, you know, there's things that push the trends and, and we just try to be able to offer all of those options. Well, you are listening to Embracing the Journey on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank. My guest is Matt Malusian, Nevada Cemetery District Manager. Matt, uh, do, is it usual for families to contact you well in advance of their needs uh, to, to make sure that they can arrange for numerous plots for family? Or do most people contact you when a loved one's passed? Uh, it's, it's about 50-50. Uh, we try to we try to uh, make people aware as much as we can. Something like what we're doing today. Uh, we just ran a flyer in the newspaper, which we do every year, and we do encourage that prearrangement. Um, and it's it seems to be on the families a lot easier when that time comes. If a, you know the last parent or a parent passes away and the kids are left with it, maybe they don't live here. It, it helps the process and I think it helps them that that's already taken care of to some degree. It doesn't have to be everything taken care of. Uh, a lot of folks that do prearrangements, they are really adamant about not having, you know, loved ones left behind, have to worry about anything. Uh, so that does help, especially when it comes to, you know, the paperwork and authorizations on who's in charge. If you have several kids spread across the country, you know, we need to talk to all of them and, and kind of get them to sign off on it. Um, and family dynamics, we all know, they, they can be different for everybody. So uh, it's, it's just another hurdle. They're dealing with enough as it is. So a prearrangement is a good idea, especially if you have something in mind that you really want to do. Uh, you know, whether it's spelled out in your will or, or arranged through us, uh, that way you kind of know you're doing for your loved one what they wanted 
and space, you know, isn't really a huge concern for us, but if there's something that you really want to see, um, you know, like I said, that Cherokee Cemetery only has one available plot right now. We will be able to expand it, but uh, it's been very popular. So, you know, reserving that spot is, is always a good idea. It does make things a little easier. On us, we, we can go, but we've noticed for the families, it goes smoother. So are all cemeteries part of, in, in our community, part of your district? No, um, you know, off the bat, there's uh, there's two private mortuaries, Chapel of the Angels and Hooper and Weaver, and and they both have cemeteries uh, that they that they operate. And then there's there's a bunch of cemeteries that are are not affiliated with either of them or us. They may be part of a church. Uh, they may be the city may own them. They may be a fraternal organization like the Masons or the Odd Fellows. Uh, that aren't under our care or or Hooper and Weaver or Chapel Angels care. So there's quite a there's quite a bit out there. You know, we're we're connected by roads and asphalt highways today. It only takes a few minutes to get, you know, from from one end of the district to the other. But you know, back back when these cemeteries were, these were, you know, isolated communities. It took you know, a couple of days to get down to Nevada City on a horse or a wagon. So they're scattered throughout everywhere in the hills. Are, are cemetery districts uh, usual for all counties or cities? How typical is it to have a cemetery, a public cemetery district? Um, it's it's more typical than I, I think people realize. Uh, entire counties or large portion of counties is a little more rare. A lot of municipalities will have it, uh, you know, for a city, Fair Oaks, Orville stuff like that. Um, but they are all, all the way up and down, you know, the state of California. And there's very little ground that's uncovered by a, a public cemetery district in California. Well, that's so interesting. I had not thought about the, the differences in, in cemeteries. Um, so who's eligible for internment in these, in the Nevada uh, district cemetery? I know you, you alluded to that a little bit earlier. So if you're a resident of the district, you don't have to, to pay property taxes, but if you're a resident, that makes you eligible. If you own property and pay property taxes, that makes you eligible. Maybe, you know, we, we have a lot of families that uh, have properties up in Graniteville that have been in the same family for generations, but the families moved on, um, they would be eligible. Uh, if you have a close family member buried within one of our district cemeteries, but you live in San Francisco, you would be what's called an eligible non-resident. There is an additional charge for that. Uh, but basically, you know, if you're paying taxes here, it doesn't necessarily have to be property taxes, but taxes in some way, you're eligible. So what is the, the uh, process to make that decision? What, what kind of elements of uh, criteria do you think are best for people to consider when they're choosing the cemetery that they like to either be buried in themselves or uh, have their family member uh, be buried uh, well, in. We find that, uh, you know, the, like for instance, the South County cemeteries, are, those are kind of the ranching cemeteries. Uh, the folks that live down near those, that's, that's kind of where they want to be, whether they just live next to it and been there their whole life or they have family there. And, you know, other people have certain needs they want to see met, like the green burials that that they would uh, that would be a draw for us. 
Um, and the other thing is, uh, you know, economically, uh, we are uh, a little bit cheaper than a private cemetery. We're not um, a for-profit business. Part of our budget is funded through taxpayer money. So we're basically covering our cost to operate the district and uh, that's it. So, you know, even economics come into play. We're, we're a little bit cheaper on that side of it. And so what do you recommend to our listeners to do to prepare themselves to, to make this decision? Um, would they contact you? Do they take tours of places they might want to, to look at? Um, what, what, what kind of recommendations do you offer? I, you know, if they, if they know what they want, uh, we have them give us a call or, or go to our website, um, pick out a few places to go, go and look at. You know, they'll be able to tell what isn't being used, uh, but they won't be able to tell just being out there by themselves what could possibly be reserved. And, you know, at that point, give us a call. We come out and meet you, show you, you know, what, what's available and what isn't available, uh, discuss the options. And then, you know, if they decide to reserve a spot or beyond that, then, then we, can, we can do that. Um, that's the best thing. What are some of the things that you have, found over the years that um, are particularly meaningful or, or um, bring you joy about the job that you you have? You know, just being able to uh, help people that, that might be just having the worst day. Um, it's, uh, it's good to connect with those people and, and really try to empathize with, with what they're going through. Um, and, you know, if, if they have a strong desire for something, just being able to just just show them around and, and let them know what we can do for them. And that that's the biggest thing is, is uh, helping people through that next step. Yeah, I imagine that that is um, a skill that, that's important to have. And, and is it something that you thought you would be utilizing so much in your career to be able to, to be that kind, uh, compassionate ear? No, uh, I never did. <laughs> it was oh, it was a surprise. I, I honestly, when I came to work here, I wasn't fully aware of that aspect of the job. I was just doing, you know, some of the outside stuff. And it was, uh, I don't want to say it was a shock, but it was a surprise on, um, on that portion of the job. But, um, you know, I've, I've been through some of those things and uh, I understand where a lot of people are coming from. Yeah, I, I imagine, yeah, you, you, to get good at your job, you probably had to develop that skill quickly. So is there something that we have a couple minutes left uh, that, that we haven't covered about the cemetery district? It's just fascinating to me to have lived here for quite a while and not really a, known and appreciated what a uh, resource uh, you offer. Uh, so is there something that, that you'd like our listeners' programs to are there listeners to the program tonight uh, think about with the uh, Nevada Cemetery District that that maybe we haven't covered or that we want to just underscore? Um, well, you know, if they're simply interested in history, uh, history of the area or, or residents that may be buried here, you know, we, uh, we think we're a pretty good resource for that. We do, uh, do offer um, public tours where we get groups together. And if somebody's interested in, in wanting one of those or organizing one of those with a group they belong to, we're happy to do that in any of the areas they want to see. 
Uh, we do a walking tour every um, around Halloween in Nevada City. Uh, we do some of the cemeteries that are ours and, and not ours just for the history of it. That's been really popular. Uh, we didn't get to do it this year. Hopefully we can do it again next year, but that's, that's always well attended and it's a lot of fun to do and, and get those questions. Um, you know, give, you so know, Matt, give and, and ask. Yeah, so Matt, could you give us your phone number or website? Uh, yeah, I'll so give you both. Can... The, uh, the phone number is 530-265-3461. And our website is NevadaCemeteryDistrict.com. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I've been talking with Matt Malusian, Nevada Cemetery District Manager, on Embracing the Journey on KVMR. And you can tune in and listen to Embracing the Journey the fourth Tuesday of each month at 6.30 p.m. Thank you to our engineer, Ralph Henson, and to Jeff Wright for our theme music. Thank you, Lori.